millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Where are you coming from in this one? Your 100% essential download. Jim White and Simon Jordan. You let this get out of control. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hi, this is Jim White, and thanks for listening to the Outspoken with White and Jordan podcast. Every day we bring you the best of our show. On today's episode, myself, Simon Stewart-Pierce and Hal Robson-Cano look back at England's win over Wales. Stewart and Simon disagree on whether or not Gareth Southgate has silenced his doubters, while Hal was left frustrated by Wales' early exit. And we hear from Maurizio Pochettino, who's been speaking with TalkSport's Alex Crook. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. Mr. Jordan, any big names in your life this morning? Uh, while I was having breakfast, you were playing paddle tennis? Um, Iniesta. Iniesta? Iniesta. Well, that's not today. a bad start, is yeah. it? And, um, and R9, again, was there. Okay. Dominating the space for a variety of reasons. Yes, of course. He's a big lad. Um, I chatted. They were at another table, but still had a conversation with Hula and Sadoff this morning at breakfast. This is what it's like, Stuart. Big names everywhere. It's fantastic. Not in our hotel, it isn't there's minnows. I'm surrounded and I am one of them. A minnow <laughs> man of the people. I'm surprised the big man didn't do your breakfast in bed today, being St. Jo- St. Andrew's Day. Yes, indeed. Please. And Stuart Pierce. He didn't even know. He I, didn't I, I, even I did know. know. Producer Luke, who was coming round from your hotel to our hotel earlier, the first thing he did in his text, happy St. Andrew's Day. And when I managed Classy. to get my, my composure back, I was very emotional at that message, as you could imagine. Um, I managed to thank Luke, and I'm still waiting for you. Would you like to publicly wish me happy St. Andrew's Day, Simon? Not particularly. Um, we're, we're seeing um, a slight departure from, uh, you know, I, think, you England, make that, I think England can do quite well. I think they might make the semi-finals about to listen to him this morning all of a sudden he's an England convert oh is he yeah, as opposed to it would be the worst day of his life if England ever achieve anything it's now oh I think they could make the semi-finals I think we need to come back I don't think I ever said that ever I one or two there, England fans it. picked up in that last night as I was leaving the stadium and uh, I don't think I ever said that ever mm-hmm. Hal Robson Canu um, good morning good morning you can still smile yes yeah no I was just wondering if you beat Iniesta and R9 Simon I didn't play with okay. Iniesta um, but got beat by R9. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's let just start with this. The England support, of course, really enjoyed it last night. What about the Welsh support? They were magnificent, weren't they? Yeah, I think they, they have been for, for, for many a year now. Uh, and it was a fantastic occasion getting to the World Cup for, you know, for the fans and for the nation. So it's disappointing that 
that the performances weren't there over the three games. But, you know, the fact that Wales as a nation were at the World Cup, I think, is, uh, you know, a fantastic achievement to be celebrated. We're going to ask some uh, fairly spiky questions of you about Wales uh, this morning, Hal, and you know it's coming, about certain individuals. We'll do that shortly. Mr. Stuart Pearce, we have to focus on England. Um, they win 3-0. It's goodbye to Wales. They set up a last 16 tie with Senegal this Sunday. Um, where are you at with what you've seen thus far, Stuart? Should it serve for optimism or does this England team still go from feast to famine? I think we've done what's expected of this group. When the group was first you know, picked out, we thought this is not a bad draw for us. It's panned, it's panned out that way over the three games. When I see England, and Gareth touched on it after the game yesterday, the frustration I have certainly for the American game and the Wales game as well. When we play sideways and slowly and don't go after teams, I think we're, we're an easy team to play against, personally. When we really up the tempo, get turned, and our speed merchants start running at people, I think we look a very, very effective side. And the teams that I've looked at at this moment in time that I think have got the credentials to win the World Cup have got that trait. I think Brazil and France are the two that I've seen that I think are the real... They've put the marker down and said, we're good enough to pick the trophy up this, this time round. They do that and they do it very well. Right. Brazil and France at this stage. You mentioned Southgate. Um, what Stuart said there about how England play... Mm. And how they maybe, if they play a different way, they'll get a result. You were saying to me throughout the game last yep. night, Simon. Yep. This was Southgate on that. And he referred, but he was, he, they were talking about the 2018 uh, World Cup semi-final, of course. And he was saying, no, no, hang on. In terms of mentality, this is different. Definitely compared to Russia, I think there's a different mentality about the whole group. There's more belief. You know, our objectives are different. In Russia, we were just thinking about, could we win a knockout game? There's more expectation now, but, but more confidence and more experience of big matches. So I, I don't know if we're ahead of where we were um, last summer, but definitely we're pleased that the objective we set out to do, the first objective's achieved. The spirit of the team is good. We've got most of the group on the pitch, which is f fabulous for the, for the um, dynamic of the group. And actually, no yellow cards, I think, as well, which is, uh, which is a really good position for us. Interesting. It's different, Simon, yeah. as he rightly says. And, and you were saying to me last night, yeah, you're beginning to go in that direction, that kind of thinking. Well, look, I mean, the, the bottom line is we went into a group where you played three countries that you would have expected England to have got precisely the kind of results that we got. You know, I, I think we played, and I don't want to be too stoic about it or too much of a curmudgeon, but we played against what I felt was a poor Iranian side and a poor Welsh side. And we did the job. We played against an, a, a US side that were far better than perhaps we gave them credit for and came out of that result with a, with a performance that people felt wasn't good enough. Seven points from a group in a World Cup, irrespective of the opposition, is the job that was done and needed to have been done. Now we get into the stage of the tournament. I, I, I look at England and I think like very much like Stuart without necessarily the embedded expertise as having been a player or a manager and think that England, I think England will play better against better sides. But whether we can cope with better sides defensively will be the argument and whether Gareth sets us up in a certain way that it doesn't allow for us to be free-flowing and brave is a different discussion. But I think that we've done a job. We've done the job that we should have done. Nothing more, nothing less. Now yeah. we go into the knockout stages and we land if we do our jobs again. If we do our jobs again, we should beat the Senegalese. If we do our jobs. 
and then we land against the French, and then we start having discussions about what this tournament will really look like. For That's England. a trigger moment, isn't it? I think so. The French, if, it, if, so. if, if it gets without to the being French. arrogant or dismissing the Senegalese, no, no. on paper, prima facie, we should be dealing with the Senegalese. It'd be a difficult match, but I expect us to come through it. Simon, you kept on mentioning Callum Wilson in my show like last night, and then eventually he comes on. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Jack Grealish, Trippier, they all came off the bench, Stuart. Mm. Is this the best strength and depth that England have had in a generation? Yes. In the advanced areas, it is. They're going into this game. I, I think a few things got thrown up tactically from this. He played Jude Bellingham further up the pitch in almost a number 10 position. Me, personally, I don't think it suited him. I think he was a better player coming to receive off the back line and come on to the play and arrive in the box. That's where his goal come from in the first game. That's where he played his best football. And what I saw yesterday, I'm not sure I'd play him further up the pitch. I mean, he played Henderson and Rice slightly. Well, Rice behind the pair of them. Personally, I think it would either be a call of whether he plays Henderson or Mount. What yeah. do you think of, I mean, Jim was raging about Rice last night, thinking that Rice is default setting, go back, get mm. the ball, turn back, go back, nothing going forward. What do you think of, is that the job he's being asked to do, or is he, is he going into a ridiculous extreme of not being the player that we'd like him to be? In all honesty, I've, I've half had those frustrations with him at club level, because I think he's got so much more in his locker. He's got a yes. brilliant range of passing. There you go. I th when I talk about getting teams turned, he is in a key position to get us turned and go forward with diagonal passes or forward passes through the lines. He's got a great range of passing. I've seen it first-hand for two years. And I think there's more in, in his locker than just breaking things Turns up. up gives it back to but for Rice, I agree with you. For Rice to do that, he needs to move to a, to a big club. For, for me in my opinion because he needs he, that would then be expected of him because you can see that what a way he plays for England he moves the ball which again don't underestimate the difficulty in always being available and moving the ball quickly shifting the ball but in terms of the opportunity to break the lines and having not, not necessarily the confidence but the expectation that every time you get on the ball first thought, thought is forwards I think he's probably a little bit comfortable in that West Ham team and for him to go to that next level he needs to progress in terms of club level because then that's the expectation. Are we in an area now Stuart that the Southgate doubters have all but disappeared? Jimmy Carragher in his newspaper column today, Southgate never panics, he's never rattled by criticism, never makes knee-jerk decisions amid the hysteria of an international tournament. He is the figure of calm England have all too often lacked. Is he right? Oh, he's incredible for everything that he's done. And it's one of those, you won't know how good he's been and how he's knitted it all together until he goes. And there's a clamour, I don't know whether he'll go beyond this tournament, I've not spoke with him about it. When he leaves the, the FA and decides to walk away, whether he does now or two years or four years down the line, you look back and say, wow. What a job he done. So you wouldn't be you in don't the, realise it now. You wouldn't be in an area of calling him four leaf clover boy, which someone in this company did. I'll tell you what I would do. I would keep him at the FA. If he decided tomorrow to say at the end of this tournament I, I don't want to manage England anymore, if I was the FA I would say to him, I need you as a director of football inside the FA. You Simon? need to stay here. I mean look, I mean we talk about I mean I think Jamie Carragher's uh, article is a bit silly really because I'm not sure who he's comparing it to and what managers have panicked at certain times inside tournaments. I'm not sure some of the managers that they've been in in situ before have had the fortune of having some of the draws that he has had. He has maintained an order 
of, uh, of, of balance and equitability with the media. He's managed certain perspectives. He's brought an environment in which can't be underestimated where players are happy to play for the national side. But never never rattled by criticism. Well, we That's correct. We never makes knee-jerk decisions. Well, it, well, the tragedy is when it comes to the big decisions, he doesn't make any bloody decisions when it comes to affecting certain games where we've had opportunities to win them, like World Cup semi-finals and European Championships. Is that where, fair? Well, I think it is. Because no, it's uh, a ridiculous thing. But the thing is, Honestly. he offers continuity. No. He's offering continuity to this England group of players and to England as a nation. Like so, f so you cannot underestimate that. And, and these and that, players, uh, are th these players are coming through and thriving and under him fine. because if, they've had if, that platform. If, if we say everyone else has managed to set themselves a low standard and managed to achieve it, and he's the only person that's done a decent standard, and we say wonderful, let's let's let's, let's applaud that. Then I don't fall into that camp, and I can't see how you say it's ridiculous because in the Croatian game we needed to affect an outcome. We needed to change the direction of travel we were going in, and Southgate didn't do it. And the accusation was, was that he was new then, so learning his trade. We go to the European Championship final. We watch what's happening in front of us. Everyone can see that the Italians are beginning to overrun us. And so what we do is we wait for it to happen, and then we change. Now, we will see in this tournament when the question... There's no questions put to him right now. We've gone through a group that we should have gone through. When we start asking questions of Gareth Southgate's management ability in key moments which define an elite manager between a good manager... Then I'll be able to say to you, you know what, Piercy, you're absolutely right. He has morphed into something that's far more compelling than I think he is. I think he was fortunate to get the job. I think he's maintained a decent status quo. I think he's a decent human being, but I want him to win something when we have opportunities. And if we do, I'll be the first person to say, chapeau, well done, son. Sure, take me to the break. Right. Since 66, we've been closest to winning anything under Gareth Southgate, in my opinion. Every, I don't see it in a, in a bullet point. Well, you were close. Well, a, in a bullet point against Italy, he should have done this. For me, I see the whole spectrum of everything he's done. How mentioned it, how he's knitted the players together, how he's got the clubs on side, how he takes an interest in the younger age groups, how the younger age groups have started winning, all down to Sarah Gareth on his watch. We have never beaten anyone that people think there's a 50-50 chance that we could or should. Every time we've lost in a tournament, when it comes to the business end of a tournament, I don't think England should be in tournaments participating. I think England should be in tournaments making strong impressions. And when you get the kind of draws that we've had against a poor German side that people look back on paper and say it's the Germans, but it was a poor German side, a poor Ukrainian side, we get to a final, we get against Mancini. Mancini beat Southgate. The world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Hal, after a 64-year wait, are Wales underachieved? Or, and it sounds strange to ask you, have they hit expectation? Yeah, it's a difficult one because, you know, as you said, it's the first World Cup in such a long time. So yes. actually qualifying for the World Cup is, is success in itself for the nation. Um, you know, now when you look at the group, you know, group of players on paper, you know, they, they, they've got good talent in there. And, you know, all on form, all fit. They're competitive in, this, in the group. But, they weren't at all. And in the three games, you know, there was a, a half against the USA where they, you know, really showed what they could do. You know, Kiefer Moore was really leading the line. They were playing with a good tempo. But I think from a, you know, from an approach perspective, it, it was probably, you know, the circumstances around the tournament, the preparation, the lack of game time, the lack of fitness. It was just a bit too much for the group. And I think from a, from a you know, managerial perspective as well, did they have enough time to prepare tactically and make sure that they were approaching games from a tactical perspective to stifle the opposition? They didn't at all. Sure, I want your take on this. I mean, no doubt this morning, Rob Page and the rest of the backroom staff are hurting. 
they will be hurting because Wales are going home. La- last night I was leaving the stadium with Simon. A couple of Welsh boys were, were, were talking to me. And they were somewhat nervous that the publicity, the post-match publicity, would be along the lines of, well, the Welsh did, did well getting there. Mm. Job done, you got there. They were saying, no, it wasn't job done. We wanted to make a mark in this tournament, and we're going home frustrated. And I can totally see what they were saying to me. Can you? Well, I think there's certainly... Limited a, or not. Yeah, there's a sense of pride. I can see the sense of pride in getting there. It's been a decade upon decade since they've been at a major World Cup, which is a plus. The other side of that is, once you're here, you can't guarantee results. But what you can guarantee is probably a really hard workman-like performance and a few shine-out stars that maybe stake a claim and, and do well and the future looks bright. But the disappointment was maybe one or two of the old heads had just gone over the top, injury problems, and there'll be a frustration that Wales didn't really have a, a real go, I don't think, mm. in the group. But and then, that's the worst feeling then of the lot, isn't it? do you play them then? You know, do, do, you, do you make that decision earlier on in the tournament and actually say, you know, look, we, we're going to go over a group, refresh a group, you know, Who's playing? Who's got? Who's got that fitness levels? Well, I think the answer to that is yes, Hal, isn't it? I mean, Bale taken off at halftime, seven touches in the first half. Mm, yeah, it's, it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't good enough from that perspective in terms of is it getting to a, getting to a major tournament and actually delivering. Um, is it over for him? I think it's it's down to him. I think he still will call the shot. Shouldn't be down to him though, Hal. Should yeah, it? No, it shouldn't. But it, it is will it over be for Ramsey at this level? Again, I would say it's down to him again. I think these players, like, they've done so much over the decade and, and it's not like, you know, you've got another Aaron Ramsey or another Gareth Bell coming through. And so, yeah, I think that, that wherever they go in terms of game time clubs, they need to be playing regularly to, to, to make sure that they're delivering. But in terms of the, the, you know, passing of the guards, end of an era, you know, it's 11 years since, you know, Gary Speed part, unfortunately passed away and he really started this collective, you know, group of togetherness and setting the standards and delivering that ability to compete at an international level as a minnowed nation in Wales. And mm. so, yeah, it does feel like this is, you know, th- this is a, a period of, you know, uh, time which is, you know, passing now. Uh, bidding in mind, Simon, many Welsh listeners today. Mm. And you've just pulled the Welsh I lived shirt in Wales. Of you know, the a lovely part of the world. For yeah. Behind you. And you were having a laugh about the, the yeah. Welsh shirt. Tragi- but in all seriousness, where's your head with it? Well, tragically, they weren't competitive. You know, and, and if England had lost to Wales, then people would be after England now. Because Wales, I can't, you know, you can sugarcoat it how much you want. Wales have had many generations of very good players. You know, you look back over the past and you look back at when John Toshak was playing. You look back when Mark Hughes was playing. You look at Ryan Giggs was playing. And these were elite top footballers. So they have done things over the last um, 10 years that started with Gary Speed. And obviously Chris Coleman picked up the slack and so on and so forth. But what you saw in this tournament was a complete lack of competitivity with the exception of 45 minutes. And you can't fathom that. And whilst you should get things into context, be realistic, of course we have a nation that's got 3 million people that have most of their players playing outside of the top leagues in the world of football, that you're going to find yourself in a situation where you're going to be outmanned, outthought, outmaneuvered and outplayed. What you shouldn't be is outcompeted. And win games like the game that we saw yesterday, I think the Welsh expected to see what they saw from the actor 
Michael Sheen when he dialed in his nonsense to the Welsh team about how people were going to be up and at it and across it and everything that you needed to see was the breathing of the Welsh dragon and the fire that went behind it. And you didn't. They went out with a fart yesterday. And I expected more from that sort of game. And, you know, we can dress it up how we want and we can play it down or we can look at the reality of things. Gareth Bale wasn't prepared, wasn't fit for purpose for this tournament. If your best component parts are two players in Ramsey and Gareth Bale, then the job of those players and the country is to ensure that they're playing competitive football, to be competitive in a tournament like this, and neither one of them were. It's painful for you to hear this. I see you rolling your eyes at some of the things he's saying. Finish this off for me because you're going after this as we come up to the top of the hour. How will, you, with you. How, will you, how will you look back? You can take that England one in a week or so as well. Oh, we'll see. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> and, now, and now the mask slips back to Iceland 2016. <laughs> one hour in and we're having a scrap outside the villa. Um, Hal, as you leave us, how are you going to, from a Welsh perspective, sum it up for me, how will you look back in it? No, look, I think, uh, as we said, it, it was get it, achievement getting to the tournament, but when you get to a World Cup, you've got to do more. And the expectation, you know, get through the group because then anything could happen. And yeah, I think the biggest, you know, overriding sense is, is massive frustration. But they have to build on this now. And as a legacy, they need to use this as a stepping stone to set the standard in terms of, you know, qualifying four major tournaments and look at then how can you then compete at them. And so, yeah, hopefully it's, yeah. it's not the we're not going to have to wait another 64 years for Wales to qualify again. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Coliseum of Confrontation. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 
Yeah, some great games uh, over in this part of the world today. Not least, Argentina and Messi up against Poland later on tonight. 10 o'clock here in Qatar, 7 o'clock back home. Uh, and commentary coming from Alex Crook, who's with us here in studio. So you're kind of double shifting today, Mr. Crook. Well done to you for that. Uh, you're going to be in duty tonight with Stuart Pierce, who was on the show earlier on this morning. Uh, you're looking forward to that. I'm quite sure it's a cracker of a game. And your chance to see Messi live once again. But before all that, as if you haven't been busy enough stopping by in the studio, you've been out and about and you've brought us a major name. What have you got? Yeah, I have uh, Maurizio Pochettino, former Premier League manager of some distinction, in my opinion. Uh, I thought he did a great job at Tottenham, Southampton, and uh, I think he'll do a great job wherever he pitches up next. So, yeah, I caught up with him at the host media centre, and I started by asking how he's enjoying this Qatar World Cup. Yes, I am enjoying a lot. I think it's a fantastic experience. Um, I think it's good to, to have the possibility to stay here, and uh, yes, live the, the experience uh, through your feelings and through your eyes. And I think it's fantastic, uh, fantastic organization, fantastic the World Cup, the people, the welcome of the people, the, the people from Qatar. I think it's, a, it's an amazing experience that always is going to be uh, in the top for us. All that people that love football to have that type of experience. And you look very relaxed. Will yes. you be relaxed tonight when Argentina are playing Poland? Are you, no, are you confident? I don't, I don't believe. I don't believe because it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a game that is going to be really, really difficult because Poland is a good team. It's a strong team, physicality, Lewandowski in the front. But I, I really believe in Argentina. I think it was a great, massive accident against Saudi Arabia. But now, um, after the big relief, after the result against Mexico and the improving the performance, I think it's going. I am confident in Argentina for tonight. And do you believe it could be written in the stars? Lionel Messi, probably his last World Cup to go all the way and, and bring I, the trophy back to Argentina? I, I don't know it's going to be the, the, the last World Cup, but only what I, feel, I can feel here that uh, everyone, football people, want to see Messi lifting the trophy because all that is given Messi to the football is like a football uh, must re should reward Messi giving the, the trophy for Argentina and with him the possibility to, to see him lifting the trophy. But, you know, we need to wait, we need to see and hope that everything is going well for Argentina, of course for, for England also. Why not a final, no? Uh, England, England, Argentina, Argentina, England should be amazing because England is doing well also. Yeah, and, and if it did come to that, England against Argentina, you've obviously managed Messi, you've tracked his career. What advice would you give to the England defenders? How do you stop Lionel Messi? No, I, I, was, I was listening to people not talking about that and people that was, were great playing also against Messi. It's impossible to stop him. It's, 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 it's really, really difficult. He's a genius, best player in the world. And this type of things, uh, only you can be lucky and try to get the ball back from him. I can sense your passion for football. I know how much you love the intensity, the, the coaching of being around players. How much are you missing management? How much is this tournament yes. making you want I to get back in? You. I cannot lie you. I, I miss it. I miss it to be in the dugout, in the touchline, uh, sharing with the, with the player, the adrenaline that that uh, give to you and you know uh, the emotions that you you feel yes but uh, i decide to to stay a little bit waiting um, until after the the world cup to see what is happen after 
I needed recovery also. Um, and of course, I think it's a nice time to, to learn and it's a nice time to watch football, live a different experience. But for sure, uh, after the World Cup, I, it's like a tick, tick, tick down, tick down, tick down, that to, yes, you start to feel that you want to be again involved in the game. And you have unfinished business in the Premier League because we miss you in England. Thank you. I miss also the Premier League. Will that be your next challenge? Why not? Yeah, always is. We are open. I am really open. I love England. I am living in between London and Barcelona. I'm more in London than Barcelona. But it's like my, my, my house, my home. You know, uh, I love to be in England. Um, I think the Premier League is one of the best, or if not the best, league in the world. It's so competitive. And of course, uh, if that is the possible appeal, for sure, uh, we will think uh, to take. Alex Cook is alongside Simon and myself. Alex, having spoken to him, and of course he's been everywhere. As a player, he was everywhere. Teams he's managed, Espanyol, Southampton, Tottenham and PSG. How much longer can he stay out of the game, do you feel? Well, there was a bit of a Freudian slip in that interview when he said uh, days after the World Cup, I should be back in. Then he, then he changed it to weeks, I think. So it, it suggests to me that he's absolutely desperate to get back into management. Obviously, he hinted there the Aston Villa interest came a little bit too soon. I wonder if we can read anything into the fact that he said he would make a decision on his future after the World Cup. Does he perhaps have his eye on an international job? Does he perhaps have his eye on an England job that may well become vacant? Do you think he's ready, he's ready for that? I mean, he's been linked with the England job before. So, Simon, if it goes wrong for Southgate, is it Hugh Mauricio Pochettino? Could you imagine it? Argentine manager in, in charge of your beloved national team? Um, well, he's 50 years of age, so he's not a young manager, but he's certainly not an older manager. The domestic cut and thrust against the international uh, regime are vastly different. So I would imagine that it would be less attractive for him if he's a motivated manager. Um, so I'd be surprised. I would be more inclined to believe that he'll land back somewhere at a significant club. Now, what a significant club means is open to interpretation. I have never viewed him as an elite manager. I think undeniably he's a very good manager. Undeniably. There were outrage when Nigel Adkins was drop-kicked out of Southampton and Mauricio Pochettino was parachuted in and that outrage turned to delight based upon the football that they then saw. There's no doubt that he made a very good generation of Tottenham players compete at a very high level for a period of time and I think he stole defeat from the jaws of victory um, in being in a Champions League final that they didn't turn up in. I think that's harsh. Um, okay, that's what opinions are. They're well, all it's a lost opportunity. It was a missed opportunity. And a Premier League that, that ultimately that you have to give credit to Leicester too. How but can you Tottenham, say he's not an elite manager? Because I think the elite managers, I think elite is a terminology that's thrown away far too often. Like world class is thrown away far too often. There can only be a few that are elites. And I don't think he falls into that category. I don't think that he will land a top six job and what you look like top six these days can be a moving feast but let's go down the conventional wisdom in the Premier League that it's the age-old top six of Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea and Man City. He excelled I, at Tottenham. I think he did a very and good job. And you're saying to he couldn't get I think he did a very good job at Tottenham Hotspur with a very good group of players at a very good time. I don't think he had the juice 
for some reason or another to convince Daniel Levy to do things that he's done with other managers like Conte and to some extent like he did with Mourinho. He I was probably a bit too nice when I'm, it came I'm, to those well, that, conversations. But that's part and parcel of being an elite manager. Now maybe he's learned to be different. I don't like to hear about people rubbing crystals or putting lemons in bowls as some sort of solution to the idea of how karma works in a room. I think that's all nonsense. But but the the bottom line is is I think he's there and thereabouts. I think he's a rung below. I think he's below Klopp. I think he's below Conti. I think he's below, obviously, Pep Guardiola. I look at him in those brackets. So I think he's an exceptional manager, but not of the kind that Mourinho would have once referred to himself. Well, not, not one out of a bottle. I think he's in, a, in that sort of space. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. World's most dangerous download, outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to and downloading the Outspoken with White and Jordan podcast. Remember to follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll be back tomorrow with all the very latest from Qatar, covering the biggest talking points and bringing you the best guests and the best interviews.